interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to my bloody podcast. Here we are in week 378 of the quarantine lockdown lock-in in the world. Yes, this is my bloody podcast. We're still coming to you every week. We're in Dallas, Texas, and Houston, Texas. Dallas, Texas is one of the nicest days of the year so far. Houston, Texas might be nice. They might have a little bit of storms down there. But I am Brian Kluger, and I am joined by the two best friends that anyone can have in a horror film who will survive till the end. Preston Barta and James Cole Clay. You guys, I miss your faces, your voices, and your smells. How are you guys doing? You son of a bitch. <laughs> Doing good. Doing well. I'm I'm excited actually. Excited for a few reasons. Uh number one is I get to chat with my buddies. That's a pretty great thing. Uh it's something that definitely has kept me kind of normal. During this time and uh, doing all that, but the thing I'm really excited about, more excited about than anything that we could talk about today, is the fact that once we get off this call, I am shaving my head into a Mad Max mohawk. So is that for real? No, it's not. But I am going to shave my head. (laughs) I am going. I have really. I'm thankful, and I have really thick hair, and I need to shave it all off. It's really. I got starting to bother me, and my barbershop's going to be closed. So. I know, right? I got real excited there for a second. I wanted to see Mohawk yeah. Cole. <laughs> well, no, it's funny. What made me think about it doing it today was uh, I turned on uh, AMC and the Road Warrior was screen. It was on, and the the part that was on was that guy um, yeah. with the Mohawk whose lover gets killed, and he goes, bah! and it was that part. <laughs> and I was like, dude. That's a major energy for 8 o'clock in the morning, so it was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, good deal. I, I Yeah, I you know I lose my hair on top of my head, but I have not cut it, so it is – I'm going to go for as long as I can. I'm still trimming the beard. I thought about, you know, letting the beard and mustache and all of it grow out, but I'm like, no, I got to have some form of – uh, shaving of some sort, so but I'm just gonna let my hair grow out until I can go back to don't have the, a porn stash. Or yeah. No porn stash. No, so I did a porn stash for like a year. <laughs> the I quarantine think, stash. Yeah, the quarantine stash. Preston, do you remember my porn stash? Like my uh, handlebar mustache, along like uh, years ago. Let me. I do actually. Yes. <laughs> I was like cleanly, freshly to the skin shaven, except for this big, bushy porn handlebar mustache. It was like <laughs> Bennett from Commando. I just needed so to you're like a baby, except for a porn stash. Yes, that's how it was. I have pictures of it. It's really funny. So I, all I needed was like fingerless gloves, a chainmail vest, and leather pants, and a flat top, and I would just be ready to Love rock and roll in an eighties movie. <laughs> 
Well, either that or go to a leather bar, one of the two, whatever day you're feeling. So, well, I live right next to the leather bars, so I am uh, I can walk there if they were open. Well, well dude, next time I come up, man, uh, I, I know where we're going. Yeah, sweet. I'm in. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> we'll try to okay, get Preston to come along, too. <laughs> dude, I don't even think I can handle it. <laughs> I'd be like, I can go maybe go look for some Blu-rays and have a burger. That's my speed. That sounds good. That sounds good. But yeah, we're we're just happy to be here on my bloody podcast. It'll be like a little different format from what we previous doing. We just wanted to have a good time with y'all. So our main event uh, today on this episode of my bloody podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio, Preston Cole and myself. Self will be bringing you the best 10 Scream Factory releases of horror films. Yes, we are going to go through the 10 best Scream Factory releases. We're very excited for you. We love Scream Factory. We want you to get their collector's editions and Blu-rays and all their good stuff that they release. So we're going to bring you the 10 best that we think are the most fantastic horror films ever that have been released through them. But first, you know, since we're talking about collecting Blu-rays, we just kind of want to talk about collecting Blu-rays, what we what we look for, how we do it, where we do it, why we do it. So I want to start with Preston here. Preston, what do you do? You, both both Preston and Cole, do you remember like when you first kind of got into collecting specifically? movies like either on vhs blu-ray or dvd and what was like that first movie you remember getting first movie i remember getting on vhs was terminator 2 and i want to say titanic and then from there that's when i was starting started collecting because at that point I, I had movies like jurassic park and lost world and i really liked the lost world one because it had the that uh, holographic no. little yeah. card that slipped in there. That that's when I started to appreciate the design of of uh, VHSs and disc art, um, and that's carried through to now. Like that's the reason why I like collect and I like to sit there and admire the artwork and the the whole aesthetic of it. Even when you pop it in itself, like for instance, one of the companies that I really like, even though they don't exactly produce like the most quality content um is the mvd rewind collection because they fully commit to the nostalgic video vhs days where it looks like it from the cover art but even when you pop in the disc itself like the mvd rewind logo pops in and it just has like the sound like the the trackings adjusting on a vhs player and it goes do 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 and so it just kind of takes me to that 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 time and so um, yeah, I guess in a nutshell, that's pretty much why I collect. I like to spend time watching the extras, kind of uh, falling back in love with movies that I uh, watched when I was in high school and middle school. And then now that these places like Scream Factory and Shout Factory produce these discs, I can do that. I can have these retrospective featurettes where I can get more of an understanding of what they were going for. And then they even have fun by uh, poking at the flaws and things like that. So it's just a really enjoyable experience. It really feels like it taps into that uh, community aspect uh, that, that you get from the horror genre. 
All right. Uh, Cole, what what about you? Do you remember when you first started collecting? <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I, rem- I have distinct memories of going to Toys R Us. And back in the day, you know, the clamshells were really cool. Now, I mean, I still collect VHSs, but I don't like to have any clamshells in my account or in my account in my uh, in my collection. Uh, so I remember seeing uh, clamshells for like Aladdin and just like the I liked seeing like the way the colors popped and stuff like that. But the first ones I remember having were Aladdin and like the Land Before Time and Jurassic Park. Um, I remember I got Jurassic Park is like at like a rental at like an old grocery store. Um, it was like a previewed rental one that was now on sale. And so, um, you know, VHS is were, you know, I, I guess I didn't collect. I collected them more so for the movie back then, but I really had some really random stuff growing up. Um, it's only now, you know, now that we go back and think about like all the artworks and stuff like that, which were incredible that I've gone back and gotten them. Um, DVD, uh, you know, has probably been like the most popular format. That's when my collecting was just about abundance more so than anything. Um, so you would just try to scoop up as much as you can. That's when like the days of like previewed stores were everywhere, you know, Hastings and stuff like that. Now they're few and far between. And I drive up a few times a year just to go to stores in Dallas because they're that much better um, than what we have in Houston. Uh, but you know, like with DVDs, they, I mean, there were special editions for stuff. Um, there was something like, if you guys remember, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 had a really awesome, uh, thick uh, DVD case of it. That's when Criterion started to kind of be on the rise a little bit. And then they had uh, like Super Bits. Um, so I would collect like Super Bit uh, DVDs back in the day. I had like Hook and like the big hit with Mark Wahlberg and uh, The Fifth Element, I believe. So stuff like that was really cool. But with Blu-ray now, as I've gotten older and my digital collection has grown, because I definitely am all about digital as well, um, my collection now is kind of like sectioned off into like Criterions, Screen Factories, 4Ks, box sets, steel books, which are usually like Marvel and Disney stuff, um, and then actual Disney's, and then the rest of them are just movies that I like. Um, but my biggest thing is like I, I know Preston knows exactly what I'm about to say, and like, I've gotten like really nerdy about this. Is I'll try to find rare slip covers for movies, and like I don't like and except. It's not, unless it's a Criterion movie, if it doesn't have a slipcover, like I will not get it, and I'll just get it on digital. Even like a movie that I love as much as like There Will Be Blood or Zodiac, um, like I just have those sitting in a box in my garage because like is that the OCD talking not. with the having like like the blue plastic and then I, a slipcover next I, to it? I find myself I think that so. way. It just looks cool. Like it looks really cool to me. Like for example, like looks my more twenty four. Yeah, and it's just very nice and neat, um, and you know, and I love that because, like, as nerdy as I am, like, especially when I was single, I did not want to have like women come over to my place and be like, "Oh my god, your Blu-rays are like stacked like everywhere, and they look like absolute crap" or something like that. Um, so I started selling them on eBay. And now they they go in there, and they're like, "This guy's a psycho." <laughs> well, I mean, I am like very like Patrick Bateman-y about my like collection. Like it's all very neat and orderly and everything has to line up and all that stuff. But like, you know, I'll say this in closing, like for example, like my H24 collection, which is like about 40 movies from them. It's like each one of them and like the spines are pretty good on them. So if it's like the lighthouse, you can see the black and white and that really encap- encapsulates the movie or spring breakers or waves. Like it shows the color aesthetics from 
when you're looking at them, you can think how that movie makes you feel. And it's very evocative. Um, and, and I like that a lot when it comes to collecting. So, I mean, I will scour. I have some sites that I'll tell you guys off mic about that I go to that um, you can get some really rare stuff at like good prices. And I buy it online all the time and uh, stuff like that. So I, I definitely like, for example, I, I'll say this. I, I paid twenty five dollars to get a slip cover of the master from Canada, like just for the slip cover. So like I've done crap like that. So that's how I roll and it's a waste of money, but I love it. So hey, much. if it makes you happy and it completes so a collection, happy. that's the way to do it. That's collecting. So, so happy. So happy. <laughs> like it's unreal. I love hearing about like what Preston gets. Like I love just being like, well, what did you get this week? What did you get this week? Like I'm just like a fiend for it. All right. Um, so with both of you, is there certain places or certain times that you go to these stores to uh, to search out your collection or to see what you can find? And what are the best places to do it? And is there like a certain time of the week where new stuff comes in? What what? Talk I don't about. really. There's not really a perfect time for me to go. I, I guess I usually go on Tuesdays because... Where to? Um, I ch- uh, Movie Trading Co. and Half Price Books in Dallas. Uh, those are my two main spots. Uh, oh, and Recycled Books in Denton. That's become my favorite uh, as of late just because they give you the best uh, money. Uh, they give you the best uh, purchase. And... Uh, but, but I guess lately just cause I've been getting a lot of this, the, the screen factories and things like that before, when I was building up my screen factory collection, I would review movies and the ones that I didn't really want to keep around or the ones that were kind of like what Cole was hinting at that there's just some movies that you get like comedies or something that just don't really warrant having it a, a physical copy for like good boys or something like that. I'll keep the digital copy for it and then I'll sell the sell back or trade the one for uh, the physical copy. So I'll take that on Tuesday, usually when the movies release because we get uh, press copies in advance. And then uh, that'll be the day that I go. And then I'll uh, look through their VHS collection and then I'll go look for, I have a whole list of screen factory films that I don't have or that are on uh, out of print or on, out of print list. And then I'll just kind of go through it that way. Um, but yeah, those are, those are my main hit up spots. Right on. What about Man, you? Cole? Yeah. I mean, so movie trading company, like I said, I uh, will drive up to Dallas specifically for that. And the past few times, my, who I spend pretty much every waking second with, <laughs> which is, I love, it's awesome. Uh, she'll, she's been coming with me. And like, what I do is I get obsessive and, you know, living in a big place like Houston or Dallas, we have a place called movie exchange that I've kind of become like a Jay and silent Bob character, like haunting that place because it's like five minutes from my house and I'll go there and like shoot the shit with the managers and stuff like that. Uh, about every two weeks I'll go in there and hang out for like an hour and see what they have and stuff like that. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, look, we're all really fortunate to get a lot of uh, press copies of movies. So it's, it's, I mean, if, like, it's a dream come true from when I was a kid. So it's like nothing else of like doing like media coverage and stuff like that. Like this is like the thing that is just so amazing. But I don't have a specific day. I kind of just go when the mood strikes or when I have some extra cash that I want to burn. Um, but what I have is I have a, a note on my phone that is like Screen Factory wish list. Cra- 
wish list, 4K wish list, and then et cetera. And then the sites that I go to, I'll go to see if that has like a slip cover <laughs> available for it. And I've been kind of wanting to get back into collecting some of the comedies that I do like absolutely love. Uh, so for example, I tracked down this pretty rare, this is so nerdy. I, I hope people give a shit about this, but like I, I tracked down um, this slipcover for the 40 old virgin that came out uh, several years ago with like this universal hundred years, a hundred movies kind of thing. Uh, so I did that and tracked down one for forgetting Sarah Marshall. So I was thinking about getting some comedies that I really like. neighbors is one pineapple express is another one that I like a lot um, with comedy films that I love. Cause those movies, like I want each movie that I have, to reflect a part of me or to be like be evocative something that i really remember of like seeing it with you guys like looking at like my copy of the guest and, and remembering that or looking at my copy of it follows and remembering the free milkshakes that we got when we saw it pressed in like that you know um and that's why i do it you know it's because it's it's a little piece of you and you know i'll try to collect like you know based upon like what auteur is out there like i'm trying to find like every scorsese movie that has a quality release or something like that but um movie exchange is a place here half price books very hit or miss um very very hit or miss here um their via pretty solid though i found some really good stuff um like gummo and kids and child's play 2 and the psycho movies recently psychos 2 and 3 i found those on vhs which was really fun um but uh, I, you know, I actually, I'll, I'll give this guy some cred. Hopefully, people listen. There's a site that I go to, um, this website called Blu-rays for Everyone. I go there and I find stuff, and he has a lot of really cool, rare stuff. And it's just run by some bro who likes movies, um, and he's really cool. And I talk to him a little bit and ask him questions about that. But um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of, um, and I, and I'll sell my movies that I don't want or review copies that um i don't want um on ebay which i don't know if i'm supposed to say that brian if i'm not supposed to just edit that out but um i um, i think it's fair i think if it's you fair. do the work if you do the work it's fine they they yeah that, that's 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 expected so it's pretty awesome to have these movies you know um and you know if it, if it is in a collector's edition like so Another another couple things like I, I try to gauge like Preston's nerdiness on certain things like um, a few years ago they did these releases Preston you'll probably remember me texting you these things called like Fox Icon series and like if you go if you Google that you'll recognize them like the Fight Club one is everywhere um, it kind of has this like neon kind of look to it um, they're okay looking but the thing is this Fox they created all these ones that match so I'm a sucker for things that match. So um, stuff like that, and I think we can all agree that like the pinnacle of this that absolutely got like fucked up was the Mission Impossible movies on 4K um, that they did that were just some of the most beautiful slipcovers you could imagine, and then they like doused it with the Fallout one that doesn't match at all. Um, so there's stuff like that, and if I can find that, you know, and since I have a running list of things, it's pretty easy for me to know what I have and what I don't have. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I, how I operate. But, um, what I do do, and I will, I will say this to any collector out there, like take a spreadsheet and write down how much you spend every month. So, you know, do that for three months and you can start to really get a wrangle on things because, you know, like it's hard to say no. Sometimes it's hard to say no. Um, but it like, you know, I'll quote Preston again. It feels good to say no as well. It makes you really appreciate what you do have. So um, that's kind of how I roll. So wonderful, 
Wonderful. I uh, I would say, well, I guess I when I started collecting my, I think I was 16, and it was right when DVD first came out, and when I got my first DVD player, I got to choose five free movies at the store, and I think two of them that I can remember were Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, and Stargate, and... I guess through the rest of high school, I only I acquired maybe 50 or so movies. And then once I got to college, it grew to over 6,000 DVDs by the end of college. And I think I just wanted to be – I just wanted to – instead of rent or rent anything, I just wanted to own it all. And I just wanted to own all the weirdest, strangest, craziest movies and the hardest ones to find. And then so being in Dallas, I think like Preston said, so movie trading company, which is part of vintage stock, and then Half Price Books are both uh, headquartered in Dallas. So we have the biggest half price books here store number one and the movie trading company i think is the biggest location as well in dallas so they get quite a bit of great uh product in used and new at both locations so there's a a great selection to choose from of used things and then when i was at school in Kansas, Hastings was there, and there was always some great, oh, yeah. great stuff at that place, as well as some like mom and pop used uh, places. But uh, I guess those are the places I usually go. Or if I mean, I usually don't buy stuff online unless I'm really looking for it. Which brings me to my next collecting question to you both: What are one or two of your holy grails? that you have been searching for that you haven't bought yet? Or if you have bought them, what are they? That's that's a great question. Go ahead, Preston. Uh, My biggest one was locating this It Follows special edition that came with like this really, I can't remember the company. I want to say it's like equivalent. It's a Korean company, but they, uh, they make like these really thick cardboard boxes that you like slip your steelbook edition in and so the steelbook had the original poster art on it which i'm not the biggest fan of when it's just the the couple in the car because uh we me and cole we really like the the one that looks like a a lichtenstein kind of poster with the main girl played by micah monroe looking in the mirror her rear view mirror like that one was really cool but this one uh when you open it up it has like all these different uh cards postcards and poster art for both the back and front cover and it has uh like one of my favorite images out of that film is when she's sitting at the edge of the pool and there's just blood in the water so that was the one that i really wanted to get and i was able to find online so that's when i'll make those steps to acquire something online is if it's something i'm really dying to get like the the one that i'm really wanting to get at the moment and i have been for the past couple of years has been the reanimator vhs um i have uh bride of reanimator and beyond uh both on vhs but i don't have the reanimator which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies but it's really expensive sometimes you can i, I like uh flag it on my eBay 
account and then whenever it pops up i see some that go for like uh the cheapest that it has probably about 30 or something like that but uh i'm sure i could just fork it over but i haven't made that leap yet so i'm just trying to justify like making that leap and maybe finding like a, a really cool copy that has certain video store stickers that, that's another thing that i really like about collecting vhs's now like i like the pristine looking ones that are really well kept but i also like ones that maybe have been cut and had a history and uh have that are in those like clamshells or the ones that are a little more narrow uh like old video store uh, cl- uh cases and they have stickers on them and then feels like you're going on that where my dollar bill has been and you just kind of feel the history there so i like that that's another aspect that i look for in collecting vhs's it's like those uh warner ones that you collect of like the man with two brains and wolfen is that is that some of those you know the ones that we were sharing yeah uh, that you shared with me a few months ago those are so cool Well, like no like the warner vhs ones that you had those ones that have like the I, i can't remember what they're called but i think they come in clamshells don't they yeah, yeah, they had like Dirty Harry and Superman yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Um, Brian, so let me ask you this. If you had 6,000 DVDs, I have a couple of questions. Uh, one, where are they now? Uh, so, yeah, over the span of like four years in college, I amassed this crazy collection that I actually had a database for, and it was over 6,000. I'm just – I guess I was rounding down, uh, but it was – they, I house them. I have a picture of it that I can send you guys of oh, the whole please, collection. Yes. Um, and so when Blu-ray and HD DVD came out, I started to pretty much sell all of them to Movie Trading Company. And having that many DVDs, they, they, uh, I didn't take a gift card at the time. I took cash. And uh, they would have. It was so much money that they had to write checks. <laughs> they couldn't oh, give you cash. Wow. Yeah, they had to like go to their like their their uh, their store account book and write checks. So I sold a lot of them. Probably right now, um, original actual DVDs. I probably have. Mm, uh, I would say about eighty to a hundred left. Okay. And then I got really into HD DVD and then the the minute that Warner Brothers announced they're going to Blu-ray, I took uh-huh. all my HD DVDs, ran them up to um movie trading company and sold them. <laughs> and Dude. that was back then where every store was doing buy one get one free Blu-rays. So I would buy like 40 at a time and you would get 40 free. So that's kind of very quickly how I amassed the current collection, but that's how it was then. And so as far as like Holy grail stuff that I still have never gotten, because I've gotten quite a few over the years that have been Holy grails to me, but one, cause like when criterion collection first released Salo, like that was super out of print and hard to find. And I actually found it at Amoeba records in Hollywood, uh, California, However, they wanted there's like a few hundred dollars. I was like, no thanks. But they re-released it, and it's the same thing, kind of like when I f- finally found that Friday the Thirteenth collection ten set. Uh, oh yeah. So, but the one that I still have never found that I still want is the Criterion collection of um, of John Woo's The Killer. 
Do you know nice. that? Uh, so that yeah, oh, is, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, that Familiar. movie is still so out of print. And they've never re-released it, and I have never purchased it. And I'm always on the lookout for that for sure. Um, which I would love it. Uh, would be amazing. It's it's spine number eight, and I could never find it. Uh, other than that, that's kind of the one. Like there used to be. Uh, the Little Shop of Horrors DVD that was not really released, but a few places got it, and it had, like, the alternate killer ending on it, but they since have re-released that version. So, uh, yeah, but I would say John Wooler's, John Woo's The Killer would probably be my holy grail still, and that's still a DVD, not a Blu-ray or 4K. Um, so, yeah, that would be it. What about What about you? Oh, man. Yeah. I would always feel like when I had a couple thousand uh, DVDs in college, I would always feel self-conscious taking them in to places. And I did. But like one day I was feeling very irresponsible and I'd gotten a uh, like a, this is so stupid as I look back now in my 30s is like a student loan check. I went to this place that I don't think exists anymore called Entertain Mart, and it was off of Preston Road. I know in Entertain Dallas. Mart. I know Entertain so, Mart. I used to go there all the time to, for record. Oh yeah. They felt they really went downhill. Uh, maybe this is really inside baseball, but I mean, but Dallas really does have one of the best physical media markets, probably in the country. Aside, like probably you know New York, L.A., Dallas, Chicago. And probably a couple of other places that I could think of are, are amazing, but like those are like the spots. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's and so I would always feel really self conscious taking in like a big box. I don't know what it was. I would always think they were going to be like mean to me and be like, "Get out of here" or something like that. I don't know. Or I'd be making them grumpy or something like that. But as far as like stuff that I was looking for years ago for me, it was Gummo. Uh, finding that, um, so that's. That's pretty. That one was pretty big, but you can find that at half price books now. But it'll go for about fifty bucks on eBay. Um, for four K, for a long time, it was finding the Prestige with the slip cover because uh, that was pretty rare. And I think that's like forty or fifty bucks now. I try to keep myself pretty moderate. I don't know. I think the most I would pay for one movie is probably fifty bucks. Um, but um, and then for a while, as far as like indie movies go, I was really searching for the twentieth century women Blu-ray, uh, which is. Uh, this movie by Mike Mills with Annette Bening and Greta Gerwig. And it's, it's a great movie. Uh, I don't know how many listeners are really into that sort of, sort of film, but um, for me right now, uh, what I'm searching for the most is probably, um, let's see. Oh, another one that I was searching for. We're actually going to talk about, or maybe talk about, um, I can't remember if it's on our list or not. It was uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two with a slip cover. Um, but I don't, uh, you know, for now, man, you know, there's not a ton of stuff that is like super Holy grail type stuff other than like finding, uh, original horror VHSs like the, um, Preston, you'll have to chime in. What are those, uh, for, uh those Freddy Krueger ones called that we talked about a few weeks ago that are so awesome that uh, you have just the media releases. What, is that what they're called? Just media yeah. releases. Yeah. They, yeah. One, one through five that way. Freddy's uh, not dead or whatever it is. Number six. six. Yeah, it's not. So, yeah, you know, I don't have a lot of stuff. I'm looking at my list right now. I mean, it's very stuff that you'd be like, really? You're really looking for that? And it would be like stepbrothers on 4k with a slip cover or or lock <laughs> or lock with uh tom hardy um is another movie it, it, i mean it's on netflix so it's not like it's hard to find 
So, um, I, yeah, so I can't find a slipcover like cover for that one. It's tough, and that you know, and I. But for me, you know, I, I mentioned the master earlier. Finding that an inherent vice um, was a really big deal. Um, maybe a couple of steel books. I'm not as keen on steel books anymore. I like to have those for more, more like sensationalized movies, like The Matrix. I have those on 4K, or like the really cool John Carpenter Shop Factory ones, or The Shining, or something like that. But um, it's, you know, Holy Grail stuff. I try to keep my stuff pretty. Uh, pretty moderate um i think there's a criterion of the man who fell to earth that's really rare i I think that's either that or the third man one of those two movies um are really tough to find and if i found those i would um snag it and if anybody sees apocalypto out there snag that one that one's out of print so oh wow i have apocalypto dude and the dead alive blu-ray too well, that is worth a lot of money, too. Both of those are. Apocalypto should be re-released, but I don't think Disney wants to touch it uh, for whatever reason, which is a shame because it really is just It's a great excellent. movie. <laughs> it's a – dude, it's an amazing movie. So, so yeah, you know, it, it, it always changes. It always changes. But, uh, I mean, dude, I, it, you know, I could spend – you know, if I just dipped into my savings, I could easily spend two grand on stuff like two day. Um, and then, uh, oh, there's one last one I was going to mention, and then I'll shut up. Uh, there's a a few years ago, Walmart released these VHS cover Blu-rays, so I bought a few of like John Wick, Total Recall, Terminator Two, uh, Friday or um, Halloween Six, and uh, they had these. Uh, let's see, Taxi Driver, I have that one, Dirty Dancing, stuff like that. But they did one for the Iron Giant that I didn't buy. And I regret it because I just saw the Iron Giant for the first time and was like, holy shit, that movie's amazing. Um, and I would love to find that. But um, Walmart, surprisingly, too, is another place that will have good stuff if you look often enough. And it's still open. So make that essential trip to Walmart to Blu-ray shop. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I guess as far as like as stuff I'm looking for now, I used to own them, but I sold them the the DVD seasons of Ren and Stimpy because Ren and Stimpy's nowhere to be found digitally ever on right now. Like not on iTunes, Hulu, Amazon Prime, anything. So I've been wanting those again. And then there's a an old TV show called Martial Law from I think the early 90s about like a 300-pound Chinese detective who can do all sorts of kung fu and flips and it's really funny hell yeah and uh yeah i guess other than that i just wish they would um release the beavis and butthead episodes with the music videos i think that's i would want that as well so i'm always trying to look for stuff like that that's cool um but yeah that's a that's how we have all kind of come to collect and I know I cannot wait to get back out into the stores. Hopefully there oh, will still no. be open because I really love going to like half price books and spending two or three hours going through all the 45 records uh, and then the full length albums and then heading over to the movie section and just checking to see. Cause I remember when Preston recently found, like he was just searching the DVDs and he found that, um, that Twilight Time Fright Night oh, Blu-ray. Right, right, and right. I was like, no way. So it's kind of like crate digging. You are, you'll never totally. know what you'll find. And I think that's part of the fun. Would you agree? Dude, the unknown, Absolutely. dude, it keeps you going. Yeah. It just keeps you obsessive. Like that's what I do on eBay. I'll sit there at night. I'm like, I need to put this away. 
and watch a movie that I actually own and start stop looking for more. So you kind of have to turn your lizard brain off um, for a little <laughs> bit. But like, dude, so so you mentioned martial law. I know that show. So you're telling me that your Friday nights would consist of martial law, Nash Bridges, and Walker Texas Ranger. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> On CBS. <laughs> yeah. So I when when yeah. I was doing uh, acting and modeling, I was in an episode of Walker Texas Ranger and. Uh, when I was real little and I remember watching martial law cause I thought it was the funniest thing that this 300 pound <laughs> dude would, could like flip and everything. <laughs> and so they've like shown it like on some television station, but it's just, it's, it's, it holds up and it's hilarious and it was released on DVD, but it's like super hard to find. So I always try to look for that. That's the thing, though, is like you're saying, like the unknown of it all. It like that's what keeps me being like, like so. For example, if I'm going to a big, if I'm in a big metro area like Houston or Dallas, I'm like, okay, well, let me start at the uh, at the flagship. Uh, let me start at the flagship uh, movie trading company. Oh, well, you know, yeah, sure, I can drive uh, 20 minutes to the store. Sure, I can drive to Louisville. Sure. You know, I mean, Preston and I did that a couple years ago. I came up for uh, Frightmare. And I was like, dude, all I want to do is just like spend some time broing out, just like take me to all the stores. <laughs> and like it was like so memorable. And I spent like 500 bucks. Um, you know, I did that there. And, it, you know, so I try to save save back some money to like just completely waste on stuff like that um, a few times a year. Oh, side note, if you guys ever find this holy grail, what I'm looking for, the transfers of these movies are terrible. Uh, but I'm looking for the – there's a five uh, – it's the first three Scream movies, but there are two documentaries in it, and it's a five-movie set, I think is what it is technically. I'm looking for it with a – there's an outer slipcover that is like impossible to find. I cannot find it. So if you guys ever find that Scream set that was released about eight or nine years ago with that slipcover, um, you either have to buy it for yourself and never tell me or let me know, and I'll Venmo you. <laughs> so it, like the Scream movies from Wes Craven? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Scream movies, yeah. All right, I will. I will keep my eye open for I, it I, for sure. I've said my piece. I've said my piece. I like because when I when I go to like these places, I always check like the Steel Book Spider Man thing for Preston. Uh, <laughs> like I, I'm always like, is do they have it here? Because I would secretly buy it to him and just like at a screening throw it at him as hard as I could. Wait, what is it? <laughs> What's the inside joke? Uh, so Preston always wants this uh, 4K Spider-Man steelbook, and I don't know if he's gotten it yet. Have you? Uh, yeah, Cole actually got it for me. Oh, that one. That one. Okay, I was thinking the Randy Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. It's like a really kick-ass cover. Um, yeah, we it went on sale. Preston told me about it last year, and I went and found it in Houston and mailed it to him. Um, That's nice. Yeah, very nice. Well, now I don't yeah. have to look for it yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I got yeah. yeah, I'll just give you something else to find for me. Yeah, please do, because I like I like doing I like searching for that stuff. So now I can search for uh, Scream for Cole. You you'll have to send me a picture of like the actual yeah, one you're looking I'll for. I'll look for it right now, actually. And I'll text it to you. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's kind of uh, how we collect what we look for, and we can't wait to kind of get back into that groove of collecting. Because I mean, at least for me, I'm saving so much money by not really going out. Because like, you know, in this quarantine, I, I 
kind of just stayed at home other than going to the market. So uh, previously I would just be going to lunches and dinners and out. And so now I have all this money saved up and I just want to go really just like spend it on movies and records. <laughs> what are you going to do with your government check? The government check, a movie hookers and blow and then movies and records. <laughs> so they got this on file now. Yes, yes, yes. It's a, it's all wonderful. All, all goodness. And, uh, yeah, but let's move on to our, our main event, our, our main topic of the day, which is the best, the 10 best Scream Factory movie releases. Uh, we came up, all of us came up with these 10 films, we ranked them, and then now we're going to deliver them to you, um, in this podcast. So let's start out with... The 10th film will work our way up to number one, but the number 10 film we all decided on was 1986's horror film called From Beyond, directed by Stuart Gordon, produced by Brian Usna, and of course starring Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, Ken Foray. Uh, this is right. I mean, this is the people that do Reanimator, and this is the 1986 film From Beyond. So, I believe who was it? Cole, you picked this one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I picked this one. Um, this is a movie. Uh, you know, R.I.P. Stuart Gordon. We all loved his work deeply. I would say. Um, and this movie is incredible. It's kind of, it, you know, like a lot of Gordon's work, it is very, like, small in terms of its cast and its settings. But he's really brilliant about utilizing space and utilizing themes when it comes to that space that they're working in. So this movie really has about four people in the movie. Um, you know, Jeffrey Combs, Robert Crampton, Kim Foury, and uh, the Doctor, who is very nasty, who is playing with this uh, – this um, Lovecraftian machine, you know, I think this is a this is definitely a Lovecraft adaptation into it. But like, it's it's interesting because it's you know it, Jeffrey Combs is playing against type, and uh, it's he's not the nasty kooky doctor like he was uh, before with Doctor West. But uh, this one just is very nasty and very gross. And uh, just has some of the grossest, most awesome creature designs um, that you can imagine. And it has a great piece of artwork on the front that is inspired from the movie. And um, it's just a movie that for some reason just grabbed me. And I've, you know, it's one that if I ever have kids, I'll show my kids. If I ever have grandchildren, I'll show my grandchildren. Uh, but it's just this fun little monster movie. Um, and the cast is incredible. Um, it's it's a it's a cool movie, and it, you know, thematically, it has to do with kind of like just like the hubris of man, and you know, the egos and what unchecked ego can do, and what that actually looks like. Um, and it's really gross and goopy and nasty. So that's why I suggested this one. <laughs> no, I I really like this movie. This and it's a great release uh, for sure. And uh, what – because it was released actually like seven years ago, and they had like what the unrated director's cut of it too. Yeah. So uh, Preston, did you, do you like this movie? Do you like this release? Yeah. We reviewed it on the show not too long ago. We enjoyed it quite a bit. And that, and that machine is called the Resonator. They, yes. They, the they were going to call it that, but uh, I guess it would just sound too similar to a reanimator. So they changed it up. <laughs> 
So for being like a movie in 1986, do you think that they could ever remake this movie or do you think it's perfect as it is? Perfect as it is. I mean, it is perfect as it is, but I am down for remakes. If you get, um, you can make it your own, but like, dude, like I'm looking at the back of my Blu-ray right now and it really has like a murderer's row of like horror you know, people in it, you know, the actors, of course, I saw, I see that John Beekler did the special effects for it. Uh, Brian Usna, of course, produced it. And he directed another very gross movie that we all love society. Charles band produced it, which <laughs> Preston, I think is on a texting basis with Charles band as well. Um, it's, his, it's one but, of his best friends, um, one of his best friends, but, uh, this movie has a, uh, a commentary by Stuart Gordon in the cast, New interviews with Barbara Cranston, who always gives really cool stories. If you like watch any of her interviews, I think she gives some really good stuff on the Reanimator Arrow release as well, which is really kick-ass. Um, director's perspective in the for the special feature in the editing room, Lost and Found featurette. Interview with the composer Richard Band, which I'm guessing is Charles Band's brother. Um, you know, story, a bunch of stuff like that. And this movie really. Um, it's a pretty complete horror film, so and it's under ninety minutes, which is so kick ass, uh, which I've grown to appreciate so much more as I've gotten older. Uh, so yeah, this is a damn near perfect movie in my opinion. Hell yeah! Hey, shit can happen in ninety minutes too. I had to watch uh, Trolls World. I read your <laughs> review. I read your review, and it was a great headline. I was like, "This is amazing!" So uh, I meant to give you some props on that, but I'll do that later. <laughs> All right, coming in at number nine, best Scream Factory releases. One of my favorite movies I remember vividly when I first saw this film in college. Straight from Canada, uh, the amazing film Ginger Snaps. Oh, I love this movie from the year 2000. Uh, yeah, I just – I'm so happy because the only way I owned this movie was like a DVD copy that was like kind of bare bones. And then thank goodness Scream Factory released the Blu-ray DVD combo pack collector's edition with all sorts of great new interviews. But I just love this werewolf coming-of-age movie. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Uh, Preston, what do you love about this movie? Uh, the special effects, the teen aspect, uh, just it being about sisterhood. and yeah, There's a lot to love about it. I don't know. I could sit here all day and talk about how great it is. Cole? Well, I mean, pretty much all those things. It's just kind of of the time. It's of its time. It is very 2000. And I think <laughs> for guys or women, anybody, people of our age – um, you can feel that stamp on the movie. Um, and this really is like one of the best ones because of the themes that are brought, you know, and the humor and it's pretty nasty. And, um, the, the cast is, is really solid. I don't think people would really know many of the cast, but I can't remember the actress's name who plays Ginger, but she's in Freddy versus Jason. And then Mimi Rogers is in it. Catherine she's really funny is, as their mother. Yeah, Catherine Isabel. Yes. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, so she she's good. She's good. And she's good in Freddy versus Jason too. But whatever. Um, so yeah, this one has some cool interviews with the director, and he um, he's a really smart dude. And you know, it kind of just seems like they caught like lightning in a bottle. You know, this movie has two other sequels to it, but um, it's uh, it's one of my it's one of my favorites. It would probably be in my top ten, fifteen horror movies of all time. I, I just I just love it. It's just kind of caught me at the right moment. 
Right. And I, I love all of the aspects that they described about it as well. And I just love that this this particular release has some really cool artwork, the slip cover, brand new interviews with the uh, the actors, makeup effects artists for the werewolf, um, and then new audio commentaries. It's just like it, it's like everything all in one for this film. And you know, I actually really enjoy where they went with the sequels uh, and even like the prequel for the third one. I thought that was really cool, and that they all came back for it. But this is – I just think this is kind of like a – Was it? could you think it's kind of like a, a horror version of like Stand By Me almost? <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch, but sure. <laughs> but like coming of age, people finding themselves, you know, okay, best okay, friends, okay, brothers, sure. sisters type of thing. I feel like – and then like – You're describing things. a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> Or like you know, may, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find a uh, a connection, but I'm trying to think of like bo- bodies change. I don't know. This movie is basically a metaphor for puberty. Puberty. So. Oh no, for sure, for sure. Like Teen Wolf. Ah, uh, Teen yeah, Wolf. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so, so the this, uh, women version of Teen Wolf. Yeah, but way more horrific, way more in the horror genre than comedy. Yeah, family oh, friendly yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's a great release, man. I, I had to track this one down. It took me forever to find it on eBay. So that was a few years ago. So good luck to anybody searching for it now if you want a slipcover. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want a slipcover. And do you know why they do that? Is that just a collector thing or why they only release slipcovers usually for like the first week or two and then it's just without it? Do you know why they do so that? So it's the first three months. It's the first three months for Screen Factory. Um, and then they can't guarantee it. However, like – I'm in a Facebook group, and this guy bought Invasion of the Body Snatchers recently. He said his came from, came with a slipcover from um, from Scream. So it, yeah, it's just an exclusivity thing. And the thing is, it's like when they probably come off of the uh, assembly line from whoever they use to package them, it's probably expensive. You know what I mean? To keep doing those. So you know, so after the first run, the people who really want them. Um, then it becomes more rare and it's it's harder to find. So you know you have really three months to have it pretty much guaranteed. Then after that they uh, go out of print. Right on, right on. All right, coming in at number eight is George Romero's eighties nineteen eighties zombie hit, Day of the Dead, a sequel to Night of the Living Dead from the sixties, Dawn of the Dead in the seventies, and now nineteen eighty five's Day of the Dead. In this fantastic, amazing new artwork, Blu-ray collector's edition from Scream Factory, this movie deal dealt with uh, the military and trying to see if there's a way to communicate with zombies, the undead, it just lots of great stuff to this movie. And I just love this release because I actually really enjoy this movie so much. It's painstakingly frustrating to watch because of just all the horrible characters in it and but then i love like the great new documentary that comes with this movie about the making of the film audio commentaries with george romero himself and tom savini and then all the cool behind the scenes stuff that they did for it it's just a really cool all-inclusive blu-ray release do y'all own this have y'all seen it what do you think I don't own it. It's very hard to find. That was another yeah. one that was on my list just because uh, uh, I, you know, this movie, I'm truthfully, this movie is a bit of a blind spot for me. I saw it a long, long time ago, but uh, it would be like brand new to me if I watched it. So 
at the time when I was like really seriously Scream Factory collecting after I felt pretty con- before I felt content with my collection, I was really on the hunt for that one. But I can find it at stores without a slipcover. But this is the one moment where I'm pull and I gotta find it with the slipcover. Um, so uh, Brian, you're the lucky one. That was the first thing that I saw in your collection when I went over to your house, and I was like, fuck. Got that one. <laughs> no, I was excited to get that one. I because I like that that slip cover, that art is so cool, and I hope y'all get it. Uh, if I now, if I know, if y'all need it, if y'all want it, <laughs> I will. That will be one to search for you guys as well. Yeah, I think I'll find. I know this movie pretty well. It, it's pretty solid. I mean, I uh, I'm not. You know, this may sound blasphemous. I'm not huge on the Romero movies, uh, but I do I do like this one. I think a little more than even Dawn of the Dead. Um, I think it's that dude who's in it, uh, Joe Pilato. He's just like very out of the box and has a very nasty death. And I don't know, this one's just kind of interesting, like how they have like all the zombies, like in an underground bunker and they're testing them and all that cool stuff. I, I like that. So, um, that one is one. Um, I, there's one that I just realized we didn't put on this list that I almost just blurted out because I'm a person who likes to blurt things, but I stopped myself, uh, to keep any suspense from lingering. But afterwards I'll have to remind myself to, to bring it up but yeah this movie's awesome I'll, I'll find it i'm trying to i'm looking it up right now to see how much uh just the slipcover itself is i've seen some slipcovers go for up upwards of like 50 bucks so oh i'll goodness. check it out right now that's crazy yeah, isn't that crazy that's that crazy, crazy. Like my phone bill <laughs> that's pretty funny all right uh coming in at number seven is the Ernie Kovacs collection, uh, volume one, I guess, or maybe it's just the the entire Ernie Kovacs collection, I think, not volume one, but it's a huge set. Uh, I think it in- includes a bunch of DVDs. Preston, I know you're a fan. Uh, t- tell us why this is in the top 10, man. So, yeah, this one is not horror at all, but Shout Factory, uh, they also put out like really great tv shows like freaks and geeks and saved by the bell uh i guess they're just arguably uh great but um the ernie kovacs collection which is called ernie kovacs the centennial edition because it came out on his 100th birthday um is uh honestly i'm i was not familiar with uh he's a he was a comedian and tv personality I, I was not familiar with his work. I knew of his name just because of all these old TV shows that I used to watch when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, in addition to watching like Don Bluth films and things like that, I at night I was watching The Munsters and The Addams Family and uh, I Love Lucy just because it was on. I, I had basic cable and so it was on like Channel Thirty Three at night. Um, and I knew of him from that from uh, being coming up in conversation. But um, he was he was long, obviously very long before my time. But um, what's cool about Shout Factory, like I was saying, is it it consistently introduces me to titles and people who made a significant impacts on the entertainment community. But I, I've I've never seen them, and so with uh, Kovacs, who had numerous uh, television comedy programs and uh, TV shows and all types of stuff. Uh, he his type of comedy inspired institutions like Monty Python and Saturday Night Live, pretty much like the Carol Burnett show. 
Um, so I watched going through, I watched like a bunch of select episodes and skits. And so there's like nine discs in this set and, uh, the picture quality isn't that great, uh, considering some of the material dates back to like 1951, but even like a little disclaimer at the front saying like, not all the transitions will be, uh, smooth and things like that. But, but I liked but I will describe in when I get to my uh, next uh, film that or collector's uh, edition that I talk about is I really like to watch like black and white movies, black and white TV shows or old TV shows and movies in general and uh, pretend that I'm an audience member watching it with uh, during its first run. Because I like to think about how shows like this were and how uh they they operated and because they were some of the few sources of entertainment at the time and that elevates my experience but really uh kovacs's style could like entertain for the ages like his comedy reminded me of that scene in uh mrs doubtfire when robin williams is doing that offbeat entertainment sketch with dinosaur toys where williams character did that he, he that's moment for himself and he fantasized about running his own tv show and so kovacs comes off the same way to me as if no one else is in the room and nothing seems planned he's just making it up and telling jokes that are still funny like 60 years later like once there's like one skit of him shooting down a plane with a cap gun that was just really funny to me. Like he would just have people in the back that are just have sound effects ready to go. And sometimes the sound effects would not go off at their proper time. And then if that happened, he made it part of the skit. He never like freaked out or anything like that. He just like rolled with the punches. Um, so this DVD collection, it includes uh, episodes from uh, his morning shows, episodes of his NBC primetime show called Music on uh, Kovacs on Music, and uh, five ABC TV specials, a colorized version of his silent show just called Eugene, uh, his award-winning commercials for Dutch Masters Cigars and select short films, uh, 18 bonus sketches, three episodes of his game show called Take a Good Look, and then uh, his rare TV pilot for uh, Medicine Man, which is which co-stars uh, Buster Keaton. And uh, it also includes, this is pretty cool, uh, the only existing filmed solo interview with Kovacs. And then it has a uh, 2011 uh, panel that they did uh, talking about his career. Um, so it's about like 22 hours of material. But um, I had a great time watching it. Like uh, my wife ducked in as i was watching it and she's like oh this is pretty good and um so yeah like i said it just has like this ageless or timeless comedy that uh is really enjoyable so i i felt like it was there's there's movies that i absolutely love like Candyman and things like that uh that, that hold a very dear place in my heart but i own them in like other versions too and so i just wanted to shine the spotlight on some things that uh, or a little more unique and rare, and this was one of them. Right on, man. I'm gonna have to check this out because I've I know who Ernie Kovacs is. I just haven't seen a whole lot, so you just uh, persuaded me to go check this out. Cool, cool. Uh, Cole, did you figure out how much that Day of the Dead slip cover was going for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, Thirty eight dollars, but it is out of stock. Oh my goodness! Thirty-eight dollars for a little thin cardboard 
Dude, slip it's cover. worth it, man, to make your collection complete, man. You know, lots of OCD bros are going to go crazy for it. <laughs> well, all right, all right. Um, moving on, number seven on the list is a 1991 horror film by Wes Craven. I was 10 years old when this movie came out, and... Uh, it became one of my childhood movies growing up that I just loved so much. But that is people, the people under the stairs, and yeah. this film is just so insane, batshit, crazy, scary, weird, funny, all in one. <laughs> and there's just so many different layers to this film that I don't know if Wes Craven intended to it intended at the time, but it is. Definitely come out now, but the, oh, this movie is so much fun, so good, and it's kind of like about a quarantined family in a house with tons of people under the stairs. Uh, Cole, what do you think about this movie? Oh, dude, I love it so much. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a movie that I think definitely would have freaked me out if I was 10 years old and saw it, but I do think there is – I think I would have stayed with it because there is so much going on, and it is from the perspective of a kid. Um, and it's actually really – you know, I think for people who are really into like socially relevant horror, which most you know horror, of course, is going to be, this movie's huge for that. It's about um, – gentrification and it's about you know taking back your power whenever you know uh, people have been uh holding you down and in prison literally but it's also really funny and people who are fans of david lynch will appreciate this movie fans of twin peaks will appreciate this movie uh because there's a few actors from there bdsm twin peaks i think is what you said the other day yes. uh, brian something like that <laughs> for sure ding rames is in this movie and uh, um, Brandon, uh, what's from, the, yeah, Brandon Adams, the, the kid from uh, the kid from D D two, yeah, Mighty Ducks, yes, and uh, Sandlot and Michael Jackson's Sandlot. Moon, Moonwalker, the the black kid. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so yeah, and it's it's a fantastic movie. It's it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know it basically just starts with uh, this kid and Bing Rames breaking into this house, and they get. Much, much more than they bargained for. They get rednecks and BDSM gimp gear with Rottweilers. You get uh, people living in the walls. Uh, one specific young man living in the walls named Roach who helps them out. Uh, it, it really is. like I took my girl to see it to a screening in the theater um, last year, and we just had a blast uh, watching it. And it, it really holds up. It, it, it's an incredible movie. A um, lot of fun. Uh, has that 80s charm to it. Or I guess it would be 91. It has that charm to it of the time. Uh, so you, it, it really works on a lot of levels. So this this movie was written by Wes Craven as well. Do you think this is one of his best written movies? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is one of his best movies in general, honestly. I mean, you know, this. I think Scream is probably my favorite and Nightmare on Elm Street. But then the very i would say like bottom tier of his best stuff i would say in his top three and then you get into stuff like serpent and the rainbow that's like pretty good um and stuff like that but yeah this is definitely i think one of his best i don't know if it's a very well celebrated film but i think the people who do see it are like wow what like an awesome like sleeper you know to check out what an awesome gem to discover 
Right, and Scream Factory released this with commentaries from Wes Craven, all the most of the actors and actresses, a great interview with the the evil mother of the movie, which is a fantastic interview uh, talking about the music of the film, special makeup effects, and behind the scenes stuff. It's a uh, all in like again an all inclusive collector's edition. Preston, you you like this movie too, right? As much as Cole and I. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the rare finds that I found on VHS. Go to. Uh, I paid uh, five dollars for it, and I felt pretty good about it. Oh, look at you! Look at you! All right, so that's number. That was number seven, I believe. Right, ten, nine, eight, seven. No, that was that was six. So number five. Number five oh. is a is a big oh, one. Snap. Is the the universal the universal horror collection. Uh, volume one specifically, and this Correct. this one comes with, I believe, four f- four older horror films. I believe from the thirties, and I know Preston is just knee deep in this stuff. So, Preston, please let us know why this is number five on the best love list. Uh, pretty much for all those things that you just said, just the fact that you get four in one. And these were these are movies that come from Universal that have the actors that you whose names you recognize, like Bela Lugosi. And but they're like films that are not as well celebrated as something like Dracula, The Mummy and uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Bride of Frankenstein, things like that. And so it, it was just a unique experience for me who got into Universal Horror a couple of years ago. And uh, I've been meaning to uh, dive a little deeper into some of these celebrated icons' careers. And this is a perfect opportunity to do that if that's something that you would like to do as well. So Scream Factory, they've they've been since last year, I think it was last summer, they put out this particular first volume. Uh, They have four of them out now and a fifth one on the way, hopefully in summer um, of this year. But out of all of them, uh, the first one, the first volume is my favorite, um, just in terms of the quality experience that I get from them. Um, similarly, pretty much what I was just saying earlier with the Ernie Kovacs thing, like this is like Brian said from the thirties and they're black and white. And so I, I, I just really like to be in that mindset of the time and just think that, Oh, if this is the only source of entertainment I have, uh, what is kind of going through the audience's mind as they're watching this? Cause you know, before when I was not as wise, I would say with my film intake, I would pop this in and probably be really bored immediately and want to move on because my attention span was more of a gnat. But this, um, I have more patience for it, and I really like to just kind of put put myself into the shoes of that particular era and just kind of like wonder how everything works, like the lighting, the music, and where where everything was a little more amplified. Um, So this particular pack... Uh, you'll find 1934's Black Cat, The Black Cat, 1935's The Raven, uh, 1936's The Invisible Ray, and 1940's Black Friday. A lot of these have been remade over the years, um, especially something like The Raven, which is based off of Edgar Allan Poe's great work. Um, 
but all these four films, they star horror legends like Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi, and they each have strengths and weaknesses that kind of make them individually unique. But uh, the, the two best titles in the collection, uh, in my opinion, is The Black Cat and The Raven. Both of those ooze with atmosphere. There's an ominous tone and uh, genuine chills that make them very memorable. Uh, uh, I don't see my uh, personally forgetting one scene in particular from The Raven, um, which is a, a story about a surgeon inspired by torture devices. Uh, that shows this uncomfortable marriage between a disfigured man and uh, just hysterical, just making it all fun and enjoyable. Uh, it's got a lot of fuel for, uh, I don't know, nightmares if you that you wish you could empty before bedtime. Um, the Black Cat offers uh, the most bang for your buck, though. Uh, it showcases the, the most masterful storytelling techniques and the best performances um, from those particular two uh, icons that I mentioned earlier, uh, they each uh, take command in the story about uh, honeymooners on a trip from hell. It's very slick and uh, spooky fun. Uh, the Invisible Rain, Black Friday, are more a little more problematic. I would say they don't they do not reach the the point of needing a, a, a stake pierced through them per se, but they they fail to achieve a consistent flow of captivation like the the other two films. The Invisible Ray is about a radiation-exposed scientist who becomes a killer. Uh, it has a lot of racist undertones and cringe-inducing scenes that I can't even imagine viewers um, at the time really escaping unscathed. Uh, but meanwhile, Black Friday lacks uh, horror altogether in my eyes. It, it, it details uh, a story pretty oddly similar to uh, Get Out. It involves a brain involves brain dangerous side effects and the idea is uh rife with possibilities but the style isn't as uh, present as the other films in the collection so so overall the collection is a bit of a mixed bag and that's kind of like what you get from each of these but i just really like the experience that i get from them uh there's 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 not enough moments to really strike fear and send the imagination running wild but th these movies aren't the easiest to find. And if you like Karloff and Lugosi, you might as well get a four in one collector set. Um, and, uh, these releases, they include, uh, the fancy cardboard slip cover. It's like a booklet, pretty similar to the Vince price collection. That's, uh, come out in the past. Uh, they feature original posters, stills and release, uh, all the release information. And each film is a, a 2k scan of the original film elements. And they include, New audio commentaries with notable film historians and authors. That's a particular uh, audio uh, audio commentary style that I like. Of course, I really like to you know hear from the filmmakers and talent themselves. But there's something that you get from a film historian uh, if, if it doesn't sound like they're reading. Uh, there's a lot of times where you watch these commentaries and it just sounds like a film historian reading his. A dissertation or something like that and uh i'm not really there for that but it's cool when they have like two of them on and uh you'll have somebody like joe dante on and he's talking with the film historian it's just like these two guys chit-chatting about like the inspiration that they take from it and so that that stuff can be really cool to me um uh, what else is included uh vintage footage but uh all these various featurettes still galleries trailers like so pretty much like the standard stuff that you would expect with a a collector's edition uh, especially from like this particular era but i i love these uh universal horror packs so i had to at least put one of them on there and this volume one is my favorite so i would say 
if uh, you want to go down that rabbit hole, start with the with the first one naturally. Start at the very beginning. Correct. Yeah, because they, they they start going down uh, later in the years. Um, so like now at volume four, uh, Bella Lugosi is uh, more of an aged man. Fantastic. There you go. That was number five. Let's move on to number four. Uh, this film I believe we all love so very much in its own sick, weird, hilarious way. The movie is from the 1983 era, and it is called Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> and I think this all blew our collective minds when we first saw this movie. Scream Factory released this film along with its two other uh, sequels uh, and collector's editions. And there, there used to be, I believe from Anchor Bay, used to be like a big box set of the yes. movies um, in the form of like a first aid kit. Which I did own, but I got rid of, unfortunately, because it had like some real special stuff to it. But these these collector's editions are the way to go, for sure. They're better transfers. Uh, they have all new commentaries with the actors and actresses, which are in, insane how much they've aged and still talk about this film. It's hilarious to watch, but this movie is just all sorts of creepy and sadistic while all being funny and homoerotic at the same time. Uh, Cole, you like this movie? Uh, oh, hey, I got a question for you guys uh, before. Um, were we all uh, little baldies when we first saw this movie? <laughs> oh, boy. I, I was not. I was in college. I knew the ending going into it, but this movie's it's just depraved, man. You're watching it, and maybe it was Preston that posted this to his Instagram, the photo of Leo watching himself on FBI, and said, when you first see the ending of Sleepaway Camp, and it's him pointing. Yeah. Was that you, Preston, that you posted that? Yeah. This yeah, week? Uh, yeah, so it's pretty much that. Um, um, what's her name? Felisa uh, Rose. Felisa Rose. Yeah. Yeah, Felisa Rose. Uh, so she's always still like pimping this movie out, and she does a great job at selling it, even to this day. Um, but it's awesome. It's so offensive. It is just in such poor taste in every level. You guys did, you know, if anybody who's listening, I will give these guys props, even though they might not. You guys did a, um, a uh, review of it, maybe right when the podcast first started, that was really solid and pretty comprehensive to uh, the trilogy. Y'all did a whole episode on the trilogy, right? I believe so, yep. yes. Yeah, sure we did. did the whole thing. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it yeah, was, was. Go ahead, Preston. No, I was just going to say that, yeah, we that was one of our probably like third or fourth episode. Yeah. Say. yeah it was good. It's a good it's a good one. It's really in depth uh, and kind of goes through all three of the films and how they differ tonally. But the first one uh, that man, it's like it's crazy. You asked about white whales. Um, this is one that I would love to find. Um, it's they're very hard to find um, and they're very expensive. Um, aside from the movie just being so bonkers. I mean, it, it i it was on Shutter a couple of years ago. I don't know if you can still stream it, but if you're new to it, it is so worth watching, like in every way. Um, so, but like the, I'm like looking at the Blu-ray sets right now on eBay for all three of them with the slip covers, 260 bucks for the Holy buy. Holy shit! Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's Isn't that insane? That's insane. 
So I had no idea. Very rare, very tough to find, which pisses me off because it only makes me want them more. I would never <laughs> spend that, but it makes me want them more. Um, and I just think, man, wouldn't it be cool to be like Edgar Wright and just have like tens of millions of dollars and being like, I'm getting everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know if like I don't even know if people like that are even on the same level as us if they care um, if they're looking for this sort of stuff or if they're looking for no. like original prints of it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, they are. They 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 for sure do. Um, I have proof of some of that as well um, from owning a comic book store and having people that work at music stores and stuff like that, they'll tell me when, you know, celebs come in and they're like, just, they'll have like a shopping cart full of records and like, yep, just put it on the card. I love this stuff. So so rad, dude. I would just dream to do that. But, uh, life is all about moderation. So I've got to click off of this sleepaway camp tab now. So I'll let you guys (laughs) keep talking. Yeah, no, the sleepaway camp Blu-ray set, uh, especially though, you know, the first one, it, this movie, like Cole said, is just so – I guess the word is offensive because, I mean, it's a movie about teenage summer camp. But, you know, the cook is like trying to fuck the kids and the camp director is looking the other way and, and uh, encouraging it and even tries to hook up with one of them. And then, you know, you have just like just like a bunch of horrible people in the film who are trying to mess with each other and – uh, you know, gender confusion and just some sadistic stuff, but it's all done kind of tongue in cheek. Cheek, and then James Earl Jones's father shows up in this movie, who plays a character that makes me laugh. And then, of course, you know the M Night Shyamalan ending. I mean, I so to answer Cole's question, yes, I was a baldy back then when I saw this. My older cousin showed this to me when I was probably eight years old, you know? And I was like, I fucking love this movie. And we, I think we ended up watching Sleepaway Camp 2 uh, again, like right after it. And I just like, oh man, these movies are just so different. But I like that. I mean, the first one's just so good and so ridiculous. And it's like crazy ending. It just always stuck with me. So, you know, owning that DVD set... Uh, that we talked about, and then when these came out through Scream Factory Collector's Edition, I was like, "Oh my goodness, yes! I'm so happy these are released in like these new 2K scans from the original camera negative, and with all the excellent bonus features of the present day interviews with everybody." And because th- the crazy thing is, this the director who directed this movie, Robert Hitzlick has never done anything other than this. And he was just a lawyer who wanted to make this really fucking weird movie, and he did. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Oh, it makes me laugh, and everybody was on board with it, and I just love this movie. I'm just glad it's part of our um, our our best ten, don't you think? Every, anybody? Oh, uh, Faux show. Yeah, Faux show. yeah absolutely, Faux show. absolutely. So yeah, that that sleepaway camp. So that's number four. Moving into the final three, the the top three, the three amigos of the Scream Factory collection of this best ten of my bloody podcast. We're gonna bring in the holidays uh, early on this year for our third uh, pick, our third our third amazing best ten film. The Scream Factory releases Black. Christmas, oh my gourd, Preston. I know you're a sucker for this movie. Why Black Christmas? Uh, 
Because it's the best slasher ever made. <laughs> That's saying a lot, too. Why is it the best slasher ever made? Uh, well, to me, like, there's a lot of great movies, that great horror films that you could watch, and they, they'll, they'll have good characters, but they may lack in another area. Like, the technique of the horror film may not uh, uh, live up to it. Or the ending, or whatever. All these various reasons. But to me, like, this is... Uh, like everything comes together for me. Like I like the way that's shot. It's very effective. Like it's very minimal. Uh, the characters are great. Just hanging around the sorority and just the, the way that they uh, play with each other and the tension of the situation of getting a call from a stranger and him saying all these really fucked up things and you don't really know what he's saying, but they're, uh, they'll be really scary. And uh, the way the timing of the phone calls and even the, the detective side of it, which could also like weaken the story, I found very fascinating because it takes place uh, in the 70s. And to uh, go through the process of how they try to find this person is incredible. Like there's this really incredible scene of them trying to trace the call. And instead of using like modern computer technology, they're like running through these halls of uh, – all these connection phone connection wires to try to find the exact uh, location of where he is. And so it just, it, a good movie keeps you leaning in. And this is a movie that kept me leaning in. Um, so I, and just the fact that it's also centered around the holidays when everything's, you know, everybody comes together. It's all about family and having a good time. And then just situation pulling the rug from under everybody uh, is just uh, that, that that's that's the sign of a good horror film to me. Um, so I I had to put this on this list. So this is the one where I had to kind of go go with a more notable film in the horror genre. But uh, it, it's got a really badass cover, slip cover, and then all these really great extras. Uh, a common thing that I've said in the past about. Uh, Scream Factory, they'll either make this really badass documentary that's feature length that has all these retrospective thoughts, um, whoever may be alive, and uh, they're fully honest and they'll describe the experience of being like, oh, like for instance, on the My Bloody Valentine that we did not too long ago on, on this podcast, we talked about how um, some of the people talk about like the crazy situations whatever it is. And so you kind of get those like a uh, uh, behind the scenes moments that doesn't feel like the studio is sticking a knife in their side. Like they, they can just be completely open. And so this is one of those movies where they kind of, they're, they're describing the experience and how terrifying it was. And then um, the fact that it just gives you this uh, making of documentary versus just, Hey, let's interview every single person and just throw everything of what they say up there, which, um, it, it can be cool if you really like that movie and are a big fan, but then there, there'll be moments where you kind of want to duck out and you, you'll find yourself going to the fridge to go get a drink or something. And then may miss like a few things here and there just because it doesn't quite uh, keep you uh, there from beginning to end. And so this is like a very uh, tight package and uh, no pun intended. And it has just all these different uh, things like uh, interviews and TV spots, the actual, Really good uh, 2K scan as well. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, I love this movie too. Um, the the original Black Christmas, it's just 
it, it like question said, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. They did a good job with this uh, release. Uh, yeah, I'm happy that it's in the top three. Pre- uh, I mean, Cole, one of, what do you one think? of my favorite endings too. Oh, oh totally. So, and we all know that this movie uh, has a lot of great remakes uh, as well. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I guess you you know more than we do. Yeah, I haven't seen the 06 one, but I did see the the latest one, and uh, I didn't hate it. So we'll just leave it at that. But this one is uh, it's great. It's it's amazing. Imagine watching Black Christmas with When a Stranger Calls, double feature. Uh, oh yeah, pretty free, pretty freaky stuff. I mean, honestly, both movies are pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, I think Preston said it beautifully. This one's not as hard to find, but I think it still can get pretty pricey um, if you go for the uh, collector's route. If you just try to get it, um, it like online somewhere rather than finding it in the wild. But uh, it's a great movie. It's it's a fantastic movie. And weirdly, you know, you got well, you guys did another episode on this one too. I think mm-hmm. maybe back in 2018, maybe it was. Maybe it I was think, Christmas 2018. Yeah. I um, so. But. Um, yeah, it's it rules. It rules yeah. so hard. I, I think that any like, I think anybody, even if you're not a big horror fan, I think you would still get a lot out of this movie. Just as like a very creepy, uh, fun movie to watch. I mean, it's really disturbing. So yeah, it's yeah. A great choice. Directed by Bob Clark, who did Christmas Story, yeah. Porky's, and Chris- Baby Geniuses. <laughs> Insane <laughs> filmography. Well, that's just kind of like uh, Stuart Gordon doing um, yeah. I Shrunk the Kids and then Reanimator. True, right. but uh, I think when we – what did we do? We did. I think we were talking about From Beyond when we did From Beyond, and I had did an interview with uh, Brian Usna, and he was talking about how – Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was not that different from a, a horror movie like Reanimator just because there's a lot of creepy elements. If you go back and watch uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids today, you might be like, oh, there, there's some stuff going on with the ant and things like that that uh, are pretty terrifying. And if they just like uh, elevated a few areas, it could very well be uh, placed in uh, something that's a little more terrifying. But uh, these ones, something like black christmas versus baby geniuses that's like a complete 180 switch <laughs> yes it Cause, is because baby geniuses uh, i put that on uh just because uh not not too long ago i had watched like 40 old virgin and so he, when he mentions baby geniuses i was like you know it's been a long time since i've watched that and it was like on voodoo for free and i put it on with my son in there and that movie's really dumb but uh yeah i i it's it's amazing like how uh, versatile uh, Bob Clark's career is. Well, yes, yes, it is very very versatile, uh, and yes, that is uh, the Black Christmas. So good, it makes me want to watch it. Like, because I like watching like holiday movies throughout the year, not just around you know November December time. So this is a good one to watch. And would you say it's one of the better Christmas movies, if not the best Christmas movie? Definitely one of the better Christmas movies for sure. All right, one of, probably the best horror Christmas movie. Uh, even though we're, we're all here proud supporters of Silent Night, Dead Night. <laughs> there you go. Oh hell yes, hell yeah, I, I agree. I'm a huge supporter of that first movie for sure. All right, moving to the top two. Uh, before we get to the second one, I have a bonus question for you both. For collecting wise, 
What is the single movie in your collection that you have owned the most? Uh, meaning, like, which movie have you purchased the most over the years? Me, Blade Runner. Okay. Cool. I own uh, two or three different laser discs, two different VHSs. I own it on DVD. Uh, in this five disc pack, I own it on Blu-ray. In this five disc pack, I own a Blu-ray or no, a 4K steelbook of it, and I have a regular 4K steelbook or a regular 4K edition of it with a slipcover. So I, uh, that's one of my all-time favorite movies, and I have it in every version. All right, what Cole? Oh man, I'm looking. It's between two, um, and I would say those two movies are either something that's really topical for what we're about to talk about, and uh, so it'd either be e- the first Evil Dead or The Shining, uh, most likely. Because what The Shining is, I bought. Um, there was this old school uh, Kubrick box set that had all the snap the snap cases on DVD. I had that. Um, I bought that. So I bought that. Um, I have a, I think, uh, ha- owning the miniseries with Steven Weber counts. So I won't, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I don't have that. Um, but I have that snap case. One, I have a Blu-ray copy of it that I bought. And then I have a 4K steelbook of it. And then I also have a Kubrick set uh, that has it. It's like called the... Stanley Kubrick limited edition collection. It's a big box set um, that I own that has it. It's like four times. And then Evil Dead, I had the Book of the Dead editions that actually looked like the Necronomicon. I had an actual Anchor Bay DVD. And then I had a Blu-ray version of it. I think I had two different versions of it for some reason. I can't remember exactly. And then I recently bought, um, well, not recently, but whenever it came out, I bought the 4K version of The Evil Dead, which is one of my crown jewels of my collection, honestly. Um, Those two, Evil Dead 1 and 2 on 4K, are like some of my favorites. So definitely those, which is another really freaking awesome question to ask. Yeah, I would. Thank you. And the I would have to go with Cole on this one. It's a collection of Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, and our number two pick. Say, say it again. You cut out a little bit. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Say it, say it. Yes. Yeah, I'll say it again. Uh, it's a collection of three movies, which uh, Cole went over pretty much. It's Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, and the number two movie on our list, Army of Darkness. I have owned collectively these three films probably 50 times over from VHS, DVDs, Boomblast. So uh, I'm going. I'm, what, I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? You're, yeah, you're cutting out of here, here and there. Oh no! Oh no! Um, I'm hardwired in. I don't know what's happening. What did you last hear me say? You cut out for your whole beginning part. Okay. All right. So yeah, you'll you'll be able to tell. It'll be easy to cut out. Okay. All right. So I'll just start. Started again. Then. Yeah, start over. Yeah, so my the movies I collected uh, the most over about fifty times: Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, and the number two film on our Scream Factory list here on the podcast: Army of Darkness. I've owned VHS, 
DVDs, Blu-rays, bootlegs, all of it. Ten cases, the uh, Necronomicon versions that uh, had sound to them like Cole talked about. I have those still. I never got rid of any of them, and I have the very hard-to-find double discs of them. Uh, Some of them are signed. And then I own some of the alternate artworks, such as the Conan the Barbarian version, uh, amongst others, and the bootleg versions of all these movies. And it's crazy how many times they've been released. And every time I've bought them, never selling any of them. I still have them all because these movies hold a very near and dear special part of my of who I am basically. So number two coming in with Army of Darkness. Uh, this this film just has. I think this is the best film ever made still to this day. Like there's no other movie that quite comes close to it. 1992 was the year this came out. Sam Raimi, Rob Tapper, Bruce Campbell. This film it just has everything you want in a movie: horror, comedy. Uh, you know, action, adventure, romance, and it's done and shot perfectly. It's quick. It never lags, and it's highly quotable and lovable and amazing and perfect all the separate ways. So when Scream Factory... So there's been so many versions of this film. Why is the Scream Factory one so good? Well, it's a three-disc version that comes with the theatrical cut the director's cut and the international cut complete with legendary iconic commentary from bruce campbell sam raimi and almost everybody else involved including all the deleted scenes original opening original endings and more it's everything you could want in a release just like everything you could want in a movie for me saying army of darkness but that's me i'm kind of biased because i think this really is the best movie ever made uh cole what do you think dude come on i mean yeah it's amazing this blu-ray is amazing um it's it's incredible i mean it's really one of the best blu-rays i think i own in general just based upon like what it offers um because that director's cut i think i mean army of darkness was my first horror movie that i saw I didn't see it in 92, but I saw it maybe 95 or something like that because I was terrified to see stuff, um, having only glimpses of Chucky and Freddy entering my house and me being scared. So, so, so scared at the image of them. But um, this movie is a great entry-level horror movie. Um, It's just a great movie. It's so so funny. (laughs) The lines of dialogue, even something that's so funny. I worked with this guy that would just walk around going, the deadites approach all the time. Just all the time he would say that. <laughs> the if like a manager walked in, I used, to work, I used to work for Circuit City, and if like a shitty manager walked in, he'd say, the Deadites approach. Um, and I just always loved that. Um, and, you know, Shop Smart, Shop S Smart, all that shit that's in there. Bridget Fonda being in the movie. Like, what? Like, it's great. It's so great. It's like 80 minutes long. It's one of the best movies ever. Uh, this Blu-ray is amazing. The director's cut's incredible. I mean, look, there's so much that you can say about this movie. Uh, it really kind of is the gift that keeps on giving. It's just one of those kind of movies. It re- it really is a movie you'll never get tired of. Um, it's one that people are going to be talking about a hundred years from now. I really think so. It's great. That people, there's still people that have not seen it, and I, it really is the perfect movie. And I'm curious because I know Preston and I have talked about this movie on the show before, like we did a whole 
episode about it, but I just curious. Do you do you feel kind of like the same way Cole and I do, or is it just kind of like I love this movie, but just it's it's on its own type of thing for you? Uh, for me, uh, I love the movie quite a bit, but it, I, I don't hold it as in high regard as you guys. Uh, I, I think I recognize its importance uh, amongst the genre and how much it's influenced other filmmakers. Uh, but it, but it's just not as dear to me as as it is for you guys. All right, all right. No, that's that's fair enough. I I will say this with full confidence. It's no I, pet cemetery, man. No, she. Well, I do love that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Army of Darkness, please go see that. But this uh, that's number two. This brings us, this rounds us out for our number one uh, pick, our number the number one best Scream Factory release thus far. And that is this is also one of a movie uh, that I have owned many times over that some of them are out of print, but um, Halloween, specifically the entire complete Halloween collection um, in a 15 disc deluxe edition Scream Factory uh, release that uh, when did this come out? Was it three years ago? 2000? I, I think it was a little bit before. For that. 2009. 2015, 2009 that came out? It's, I don't think Screen oh, no, Factory right. started until like 2012 or something you're like right, that. You're 2013. right. 2013. So right. I think it was like 2015 is when this one came out. I'm not exactly sure though. So yeah, five but there years was the ago, yeah. 15 disc and then there's a 10 disc edition. Right. The, the more common one is the 10 disc and you'll have to really find the 15 disc and then pay. Because uh, I think it, I don't even think they sell it so I think you'd have to get it off of eBay or a you know third party seller. Yeah, look, look that up because I, I actually have the 15 disc set and it is unbelievably cool and good and it has so it has the original eight Halloween films and then it for some reason includes the Rob Zombie Halloween remakes Halloween one and Halloween two and this is like one of the few instances where Scream Factory paired up with Anchor Bay um, to and. Uh, to release the this collection for everybody. So, yes, it, it comes with the original Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, 4, 5, 6, The Curse of Mike Myers with Paul Rudd, Halloween H2O, and then Halloween Resurrection with Busta Rhymes, <laughs> which pretty much killed the Kung franchise. Fu, <laughs> Kung Fu, Michael Myers. <laughs> yes. And then it, it came out in 2014, okay. September 2014. Yeah. Okay. So, and then it just, and then, so if you find these collections, it comes with like a treasure trove, a bathtub filled with uh, bonus features. So, uh, first off, Preston, do you own the 15 disc or the 10 disc? I own the 10 disc and I own half of the 15 discs. Okay. So, so I got, somebody sold them separately and I bought uh, a few of them. Okay. And do you like this set? Is it just – it's? I mean, I think this is one of the best sets they've done. Like it's just so all – it's a comprehensive ultimate edition type of thing. I'm sure if I had that beautiful collection that you have, which I to me is – it deserves the number one spot. Uh, I, I would love to have that. That particular box, that big-ass box that it's uh, – that you put all the, those 15 discs in – is also expensive to buy on its own. Like you can just buy just that and it's expensive. 
Um, so if I could house all the ones that I have in that and just like try to work my ass off to try to get the rest of them, uh, it'd be wonderful. Which ones are the hardest ones to find if you're buying separately? So I got, uh, so the first one, um, two and three Scream Factory has sold in collector's editions. So I have both of those and also on uh, Steelbook. Uh, I have four and five separately and I have H2O separately. And then I believe I have one of uh, the Rob Zombie ones uh, in addition. And then, yeah, I have the, the, the standard two, uh, 10 disc that came out. That also is a pretty sweet collection. So I'm curious in your 10 disc ones that you and Cole have. Um, so my, my movies are all in the black case, like a 4K. Are y'all in the black uh, plastic case too? They're they're yeah. blue. Okay, um, they're so blue. there's there's like two uh, two uh, packages that they have that you can pull out of the collect the, the box set that it's in, and they have uh, five discs in them each. And um, I, like they they put like Halloween, oh, they, I can't remember which one. Maybe like Halloween four and five together. I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me. But yeah, I it's here. I'll, I'll I have it right here. Hold on, just one second. So, so in your, but, okay. All right. So, so it pretty much has like a lot of the great, the same great features. It just doesn't quite have that beautiful aesthetic that, that big collection has like that one. That was another thing that I saw on your shelf as soon as I got to your house. I, I knew that you had it beforehand, but it really sticks out and it shines. Well, thank you. So they all, uh, so they all come in their own separate, uh disc actually okay. so four and five aren't together so the jason the friday the 13th one from paramount that's that right. came out the eight, that's the one that has like jason lives and uh the new blood on the same one so these are their own collector's edition so if you buy uh halloween 2 i believe was the first scream factory movie to come out um it's that version same with season of the witch and then Four and five, I mean, they're pretty much all collector's editions of all these movies um, uh, up until you get to the um, the Rob Zombie one. So all the other ones um, – so you have two, three, four, five, six, and seven, and eight. Those are all Scream Factory releases. Now, Halloween 1 is the uh, – it's a Lionsgate, I believe. I guess it's Anchor Bay, but I believe Lionsgate did it uh, too. Um, that is a release um, – that they did that has like uh, the special feature where Jamie Lee Curtis does the charity event. And it's really cool. It's got some really good uh, stuff on there. Not necessarily inside baseball about the movie, but just more time with the cast. And then the Rob Zombie ones versions that came out uh, on Blu-ray with just those movies. And that's fine. But the, the bulk of the history where you can do your choose own, choose your own adventure, Michael Myers stuff. You really get all the inside baseball detail from like Malika Cod and all the um, all the uh, the directors and cast and Danielle Harris and you know um, all these people. I mean, even Josh Hartnett shows up. Um, so you you have some really incredible stuff. Um, I mean, really, it's it's one of the best things you can own as a Blu-ray collector, and, it, and it's normally like forty fifty bucks. It's pretty well priced, and it's like. It's worth every penny. I think I bought mine used for like 35 or 40 bucks. So it wasn't too bad. So the one that I own, the only difference is just the way it looks like on the outside, just like the packaging. Right. 
Yeah, but there's five more discs. I just don't really – I honestly don't know exactly what those five discs, extra discs are, though. Well, um, I can tell you because I've got it right here. Well, go get it. So with with this uh, this 15 set, it comes with a 42-page booklet. Um, and then the first movie, Halloween, comes with uh, two discs – um okay. so that's the that's the first film and then the Halloween 2 comes with two discs the television version and the theatrical version Oh okay that's cool So there's that and then Halloween 3 season of the witch only comes with uh one uh disc Halloween 4 comes with one disc oh, actually no Halloween 4 comes with two discs uh Interestingly enough, and then I believe that would set us back Halloween five, one disc, Halloween six, two discs, um, which comes with a theatrical cut and the producer's cut, which is interesting. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah, I have the producer's cut and a separate um, disc. Yeah, and then well. Halloween H2O Resurrection um, are um, – one discs and then the Rob Zombie versions are two discs each. Uh, well, okay. two discs. Um, I think basically one, the the first Halloween Rob Zombie is the director's cut and the theatrical one, and then Halloween uh-huh. uh, two comes with the film, but then housed inside the Halloween two uh, Blu-ray is uh, the big bonus disc with like four hours worth of stuff on it. Oh man, movies. four hours worth of Rob Zombie's Halloween too. Can't wait. No, 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 no. Uh, it's, it covers all the films. Oh, okay, okay. You know, like I, I will say though, that producer's cut. Um, if people can get their hands on, I believe you can buy it on Voodoo, pretty cheap. But if you just want to see it, but I think Preston and I are lucky enough to have this really cool VHS version of it uh, that absolutely rules. I look at it every day. I love it. Uh, that movie's not that bad. I like it. I like the producer's cut of that movie. It's my preferred cut of that film. Um, and it's, it's really nice to be able to have that. It's my preferred cut, but I still I don't think it's a great movie. Well, I don't think it's I a admire, great movie, but I, I think I it's an interesting it's daring, film. and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, I feel that. I guess I'm a little more uh, forgiving of that stuff. And it is. It really <laughs> is when it goes batshit insane. And it's different than part five, which is the one with all like the squeaky noises and the cops walking, making honking noises and all That's of that worst. weird sound, weird stuff. Yeah. What's y'all's favorite sequel though? I mean, we all know the first one's the the best, but what's your two. favorite Halloween sequel? Two? Two and four are pretty neck and neck with me, but I think two uh, wins overall. What do you think, Brian? Uh, I think two, I, I would, I would go with press and two and four, but for some reason I have a very strong love for Halloween three. Uh, cause I think it's like, it's most sadistic, uh, one okay. trying to kill kids across America. <laughs> Tom Adkins too, man. <laughs> yeah. So I like that one, even though it doesn't have, it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, sure. the story at hand or Michael Myers, but uh, yeah, I would say two and four probably the best sequels for sure. Two has the two has the best kills um, of it, and you know the best like lighting and the cast is really good um, in that movie. Four is the one that just has like the nostalgic feel for me. 
Um, that was one of the first movies I saw with like a twist ending that I like really comprehended and was like, holy shit, I didn't know they could do this um, in movies. Um, like it so would have been the me, full circle film yeah, me, yeah. if it had ended there. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it really would have been. But it's, uh, you know, I, I even the thing is for me, like with the Halloween movies, um, even if they, they are bad, aside from resurrection um i can i i think they're always something fascinating to to be able to take away from each movie like i mean i think how rob zombies halloween 2 is awful but at least he's doing something different um and it you know at least there's something to be able to take away from it you know even though the results are are not good um but you know i this series man there's just so much history to it and it just even though it's based on pure evil incarnate i feel so warm when i watch them especially the ones with donald pleasance in it i just feel so happy when i see him <laughs> like and i just love watching him uh just agonize be just in agony every time someone mentions michael and all that wow. stuff. So this with the egg on just, his face yes dude yes 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 and you know Absolutely. it's it's strange because some horror directors like Wes Craven and George Romero have gone back to their series that made them famous that brought them to the limelight as a film director and revisited. But John Carpenter never revisited Halloween, and that's you know very peculiar because I feel like he would have wanted to come back to this world that he built but he never did and he hasn't directed a movie since uh in 10 years so the ward yeah the <laughs> ward but you know it's weird because like you know Wes craven came back for new nightmare and romero kept on his zombie universe in addition to the other uh different films he made and when you're thinking of big directors of movies like that it's um and I, I even think the original Friday the 13th director came back to direct one at some point. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious on why John Carpenter never revisited Halloween. I mean, he he directed Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., but never Halloween. So I'm, I'm just curious on that. To me, I feel like he knows that Halloween is like his holy grail film and it's, it's successful because it's so simple. And the reason why something like Nightmare on Elm Street can keep going is because he's the character Freddy Krueger has nightmares, works within that dream world. And you can just keep becoming inventive that way. But I don't think you can be as quite as inventive with a character like Michael Myers, which is... Uh, you, you could put them in a different setting, uh, but the the idea is pretty much the same. There, that same progression's there, and I just don't feel like he feels that he can make something uh, just as 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 the original. So I, that's probably why he just comes back for doing the score because that allows him to exercise his creativity in that fashion. Um, uh, so that, uh, that's my guess. And he came back for escape from uh, or uh, escape to L.A. because he got paid handsomely for it. And uh, and that's a that movie's awful, not that good. Awful, awful movie. <laughs> I, I, isn't it getting a release soon from Scream? Yeah, yes. it's, it's getting <laughs> put out there. Right. But uh, I'm going to have fun with the extras so I can do that. 
Yeah, sure. the extras will be cool. I mean, I I watched the movie that one. I bought the VHS a few months ago and watched it. And never have I ever seen Kurt Russell surfboard as Snake Plissken until I saw that. So. And you got to see Bruce Campbell in that movie. Yeah, you do get to see Bruce Campbell in that movie. <laughs> Preston's best friend, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, Preston's best. No, that's my best friend. His best friend is Robocop. Yeah, my name is Bruce. Did you ever see My Name is Bruce? Oh, yeah. I owned I owned action figures and the Blu-rays and DVDs. Oh, no. Mechas. I, you got a bunch of Mechas? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I, I like that. I own the comic books. Oh, yeah. That was a big thing. I loved it. Because that was kind of like getting him back in the Evil Dead before he was back in Evil Dead. It was kind well, of almost... before he did Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah. So... Yeah. Whatever that would work. So uh, that kind of rounds out our My Bloody Podcast for the best, the 10 best Scream Factory releases. Uh, hopefully you agree with us. We think our list is spot on the money. Well, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got to intrude real quick. I'm sorry, Brian. Uh, people probably will say we left off a few. I mean, you know, we didn't ever mention The Thing <laughs> as well. That's the one I was really talking about. Or They um, Live. Or they, or they live. I mean, it, but the thing is, I think we got a very well rounded, very well rounded. Um, we we you know, tried to otherwise, new avenues. Totally, exactly. Because if we were just like listing, you know, all the John Carter movies, I mean, how fun would that be? <laughs> you know, like no, we have we're talking about Ernie Kovacs for ten minutes. Like that's super fucking cool, in my opinion. So. No, yeah, I think we did. You nailed it on the head. Well rounded. I like that. And uh, I know, I think this will be good. And uh, whoever's listening out there, I am going to do uh, my best to make a YouTube video of this. Um, I'll bite not a two hour video, but a short video of our favorite uh, releases. So hopefully that'll be funny and interesting for you. But please email us at mybloodypodcast at gmail.com and let us know what movies would be in your top 10 Scream uh, Factory releases. But we are My Bloody Podcast. We are still coming to you weekly with the best in horror movies and news on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher Radio. And I'm Brian Kluger. You can find me online at Boomstick Comics, High Def Digest, YouTube, Screen Rant, all of the above. All fun, and you can find Preston. Where can they find Preston at? On top of Brian. Oh, yes, you can. I'm screaming. <laughs> I'm sweaty. I'm just excited. All right. We lost our fans. Um, so <laughs> I, I am the features editor at FreshFiction.tv, and I am a film critic at the Denton Record Chronicle. Uh, you can find me on FreshFiction.tv and Denton, D-E-N-T-O-N, rc.com and uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at preston barter and cole cole can be found all over the interwebs as well uh not so much uh as of late i've been like definitely still having taken a back seat but i had a couple reviews come out this week for a couple horror movies horror will get me out of my uh film critic funk uh so i reviews for a movie called we summon the darkness and a movie called vfw uh that was shot in dallas uh and if you want to go over to fresh fiction you can find out where those are uh if you want to read more of my stuff in like a more like compiled spot you can just go to my rotten tomatoes page just click on james clay you could probably do the same for preston as well but uh for now i'm going to be uh keeping it pretty low-key so um if you want to find me 
I guess you can find me on Instagram at Grams by Cole. It's just a personal account, you know, but uh, I'm there. And if you want to talk to me, you can try. So go for it. Yeah, here's his number. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Release the number. Release the Kraken. But we love you. We'll be back next week. Really, (laughs) bye. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. Thank you for listening. Scream Factory. Go to their site, ScreamFactory.com. Shout Factory. Shoutfactory.com slash scream. Is that right? <laughs> slash shop. And you can find them on there. Slash they they separate them pretty well. Yeah, yeah they, they do. That's right.